0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, June 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. As the Army Corps of Engineers presents its final reports on Jana Elementary, scientists are criticizing
1: the original testing that led to the school's closure. The methods that he presented were at times incomprehensible, unclear, and flat-out incorrect for coming to the conclusion that there is harmful levels of radioactive materials in the building. Coming up, we will hear more from a professor who has examined
0: the testing at Jenna Elementary. Army Corps of Engineers officials are again saying their extensive testing shows the school is radiologically safe. They spent last night trying to answer community questions about Jana Elementary. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke reports.
2: Army Corps officials published three reports from testing they did at Jana Elementary School after it was closed because of concerns of radiological contamination. At an open house Thursday, the Corps presented its results and said the school is safe. Phil Moser is with the St. Louis District Army Corps of Engineers.
0: The school does not require remediation because from a radical standpoint, the school is safe. Our extensive amount of surveying and testing that we did and the associated documentation verifies that.
2: The Hazelwood School District closed the school after a private firm said it found unacceptable levels of radioactive material there. Since then, the Army Corps and a separate private firm hired by the district have said Jana is radiologically safe. I'm Kate Grumke. St. Louis Public Radio
0: and we'll hear more from Kate about the testing at the school in just a few minutes. Smoke and pollutants from wildfires in Canada have been drifting into the northeast and Midwest parts of the United States including Missouri leading to a decline in air quality. The Midwest Newsroom's Kavon Mansouri reports. Since Tuesday the fires have brought concerning breathing conditions for Midwesterners who are more sensitive to poor air quality. EPA Region 7 scientist Lance Avey says it's hard to predict when the air quality will improve because the weather can change quickly.
1: That has the ability to shift and we might see uh, greater impacts in the Midwest, you know, depending on how that pattern shifts. So as long as as long as those fires are burning, there's a potential to have an air quality impact.
2: Avey says people should pay attention to air quality alerts and individuals with
0: respiratory illnesses should try to stay indoors. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Kayvon Mansori. Wentzville has issued a voluntary water conservation declaration asking residents to split their lawn watering schedules. It's a response to Missouri's drought which is currently affecting 85 percent of the state's counties. Wentzville Public Works Director Susan Spiegel says an increased reliance on water from the Missouri and Mississippi rivers can place too much pressure on the city's system.
1: We could get
2: ourselves into a situation where the pipes From the river, aren't big enough to carry all the water that would be needed to keep everybody's grass green.
0: That conservation declaration goes into effect Monday. The St. Louis circuit attorney has halted an effort to free a man who many believe is innocent. Gabriel Gore says he wants to review the facts in the case of Christopher Dunn before proceeding. Dunn was convicted of murder in 1991 based entirely on the testimony of two adolescent boys who later recanted. A judge ruled in 2020 a jury likely would not convict without that testimony, but the state Supreme Court refused to free Dunn. Former Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner filed a motion to vacate Dunn's conviction shortly before leaving office. Dunn's attorneys say they are disappointed, but remain confident any review will show he is innocent. A St. Louis alderwoman is attempting to reduce the number of people carrying guns in the open. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the proposed ordinance is receiving criticism from state lawmakers.
2: Under the proposal by Alderwoman Kara Spencer, the open carry of firearms in public would not be allowed within the city without a concealed carry permit. Representative Justin Sparks, a Republican from Wildwood and a former police officer, said it would set up continued confrontations between officers and people openly carrying firearms. When you're asking police officers to go up to a group of people with firearms, simply to check if they have a concealed carry permit, which is an ordinance level violation, you're, you're immediately putting the entire group under the suspicion that why am I being contacted by the police? While Sparks doesn't believe state Republicans would try to stop the ordinance, he also believes it will fail on its own, whether it's through the courts or by the impracticality of enforcement. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: A piece of restored Edwardsville history is making its debut today. The West End Service Station is reopening as a museum and interpretive center for people to learn about the former hub along Route 66 in anticipation of the road's 100th anniversary in 2026. The building was nearly demolished until a community-wide effort led by Edwardsville's 4th Ward Alderman S.J. Morrison. He says the station's historic importance to Edwardsville and Route 66 was reason to save it. It continues to be a catalyst for
2: culture making. It continues to be something that captures the hearts and the imaginations of people, both who remember traveling Route 66 and those who came along many years later.
0: The West End service station was restored with the help of a nearly $500,000 state grant. A report last fall said Jenna Elementary School had unsafe levels of radioactive waste. Soon after the Hazelwood District closed the school, the Army Corps of Engineers said its own testing found it was safe. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke discusses the science behind the testing with Roger Lewis. A St. Louis University professor emeritus also says the school is radiologically safe.
2: We've seen very different takeaways from different groups conducting tests at the school, ranging from Boston Chemical Data Corporation saying there was harmful nuclear waste at the school to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers saying the school is safe. Why is there such a discrepancy here?
1: You have to look historically at some of the problems that we have with just complex scientific questions and certainly radioactive materials in the environment is a very complex subject and people often want very simple answers and they're often very hard to give. On top of that, you have one of the parties who was a plaintiff's expert came forward with a report which provided some information about levels of, of radioactive materials, but it was a very incomplete report using methods that were not the standard and the methods did not support the conclusions that this particular author found, which was that there were harmful radioactive materials present. Certainly there were not. And that is, from my understanding, of reading the reports by SEI as well as the Army Corps of Engineers. I looked at the information as well as a colleague of mine at Washington University, Dr. Lisa Botka, and we're all in agreement that the school has never had, as far as we know, uh, harmful levels of radioactive materials in it.
2: What was the difference in methodology between the different tests that have happened?
1: Dr. Katolfin, who was representing plaintiffs around Coldwater Creek and elsewhere, including probably parties to Janus School, he was trying to determine, is there some evidence of contamination in the school that comes from Coldwater Creek, and if so, is it any harmful level? But the methods that he used didn't support those conclusions. He purported that this could be used to describe exposure, but they were not meant for exposure. They're meant to tell you, is something present? But they are not meant for telling you if there is some harmful level that could cause consequence in the body, such as cancer. So, The methods that he presented were at times incomprehensible, unclear, and flat-out incorrect for coming to the conclusion that there is harmful levels of radioactive materials in the building.
2: The families connected to the school are feeling a lot of fear from the situation. Do you think that they were misled?
1: I don't question the motivations of anyone who gave their work, whether it was a plaintiff's expert or anybody else. Everyone there was wanting to protect the children and the staff. There's no doubt about that. But there were different methods that were used to try to get their points across. One party, I feel, didn't support their conclusions from the methods that they used, which was the plaintiff's expert, Marco Katolfin. Did that add a measure of, of fear? It probably did, it probably did. And uh, soon after that report was done, the Army Corps came in, they did their study, And it found that there was no contamination of the school. But people didn't believe them. (laughs) So when you have a body like the EPA or the Army Corps of Engineers, and they're very technical people presenting Mm -hmm. very technical stuff, it's incumbent upon the media, reporters, to look deep into what they're saying. So I, I think the fear was not managed well by all of the parties. But certainly, situations like this require that people look at lots of different organizations and lots of different experts before leaping to conclusions.
0: That was St. Louis University Professor Emeritus Roger Lewis speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke. We have more, including a response from the president of Boston Data Chemical Corporation at stlpr.org. Our Brian Moline edited that report. I am out on Monday. Jonathan All will be behind the microphone. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener supported service of the University of Missouri St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.